When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is your relationship in trouble and you're worried you might lose it? Well, I have good news for you. There are really three main reasons that a relationship starts to fall apart, but the, the good news is those three main reasons are also the way that we can turn it around and we can save it. So I'm going to walk you through those and give you the opportunity to make the choice if you want to save the relationship and if you want to resurrect it and bring back that initial love and connection and intimacy and safety and all the joy that brought you together in the first place. Now, to do this, the first step is the toughest, It's the, but it's also the most important. Um, but this is usually the primary reason every relationship is in trouble. And what it is, is we're focusing too much on the other person. All of our Daily life is about what they're not doing or how they're doing it wrong. It's always about them and how they are just so imperfect in the relationship. And we're talking to all of our friends and co-workers and sometimes our kids. Or And if it's not other people, it's definitely inside of ourselves. We're just replaying over and over and we're hyper vigilant. Of, oh God, there they go, doing it again. And it's just building this hyper vigilance to be... You know, think of it like a, a, a prison guard. We're standing above them, walking the walls all day long with our gun, just ready to go. Boom, there it is again, see? And that's really difficult because a lot of us feel justified. Well, they did this to me first, and, and so I have to defend myself. And that might be true. That might be true, but I'm going to give you an analogy to show you that even if that's true, the problem is never the other person. And, and here's the analogy. And this was something I had to learn early on in my recovery. My counselor told me this story. He said, Kenny, let me ask you something. He goes, let's say you're walking down the street, just minding your own business, not doing anything wrong, just, you know, out for a nice stroll. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a sniper shoots you, just shoots you in the leg. You buckle down. And there you are on the sidewalk and you're screaming and yelling for help and people are just walking by. Nobody's paying attention to it. Nobody's going to help you. Now, Kenny, are you to blame for getting shot in the leg? It's like, no. But are you responsible for getting yourself help to fix the leg? It's like, yeah. And so as you lay there screaming out, helping, you know, screaming to other people to help you, do you realize what you're doing? You're placing the responsibility on everybody but yourself. And so the solution is, yes, you got shot in the leg, but you still have two arms and one other leg. It's your responsibility to get yourself to the hospital. But getting to the hospital isn't enough. Yes, the doctor can remove the bullet and all of that, but there's recovery. 
you have physical therapy. You need to go and rebuild that muscle and repair it yourself. And that has nothing to do with the sniper or the people around you. That story hit home, and that's the same thing here. If your relationship is struggling, and even if you felt like you got shot by a sniper, that your partner did something to you, the first step in recovering a relationship is to recognize, I have to own my side of the street. I have to take responsibility for my thoughts, feelings, and actions, and coming up with the resolution and the solution for myself. It's not their job. It's not my friend's job, my family's job, my kid's job. And that's why it's the toughest because we're all like, you know, and a lot of people, oh, don't tell me this. I want them to change. I want them to be different. We'll get to that in a minute. But that's why the, that's the single greatest reason every single relationship is struggling and in trouble is they, is, they have switched from being self-reliant and learning that they are, we are all responsible for who and what we bring into a relationship. And they have given that away to the other person. And now everything is predicated on the other person. And now they are the armed guard walking the fortress, basically being a, a sniper themselves going, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. Yet they've never looked outside the wall. They're the free person. They're the person who can walk the streets and enjoy everything. But they're not living their life. They're not taking responsibility. Their whole focus is inside the prison. The prison that they've placed this person in and they've placed themselves in. They've lost that. So step number one and reason number one is own your side of the street. Start switching your focus off of them and on yourself. Because after all, there's only one person on this planet we can ever control. Just one. Who is it? Us. That's it. We have absolutely no control. And people change all day, every day, become something completely different, out of the blue. We can't control that. We may have come together with all of these common interests. And wake, you know, just wake up one day and all of a sudden a person goes, hey, I want to go do this. We can't control that. We are in control of ourselves. And so it's our job to take ownership of that and take our focus off the other person. Now I'm going to give you a simple solution to do that. It comes from Al-Anon because really what we're talking about here is codependence. All of us have been raised codependently and we're all codependent in our relationships. That's why we're focusing on them. We are co-dependent on them being something different than they are so I feel okay about myself. And that's what's biting us. And, and so this is a from Al-Anon. It's called the three gets of Al-Anon. Gets as in G-E-T-S. Get off their back, get out of their way, and get on with your own life. So I'm going to quickly run through what those mean. The first one is get off their back. Remember how I used the picture of you're the armed guard walking the fortress, looking down, being hypervigilant on all their imperfections? Well, that's us on their back. We are all day long. Riding them. What are you doing? I mean, another analogy is, you know, you're sitting on the horse, whipping them. You know, we're the jockey. We're on their back all day long, focusing everything on them. We'll get off their back. Step two, get out of their way. They get to live the life they want. It's Remember, who can we control? Ourselves, right? We have no standing in anyone's life to tell them how they get to think, believe, or act. Now, we may not like it, may go against our morals and values, our 
needs and wants and what we find negotiable or non-negotiable, but us wanting to change them, we're the problem because that's just who they are. And they get to be that way. We have to get out of their way and let them live the life they want. Now, obviously, if it's something criminal, we better get out of the way because if, if our morals and values don't suit that, oh, please do your own thing. I'm getting out of the way here. I don't want any part of this. But what's killing people is they're standing in front of the person saying, don't be this way. Don't live your life this way. Don't be this kind of person. Well, let me ask you, what if we flip that? How would you react if someone said that to you? And what do we do when they do say that? Well, you're wrong. Like we do, we defend ourselves. So you see the, it's, you know, the old fashioned, what they call the Mexican standoff. It doesn't work. That's why we have to get out of their way. And that leads us to the get, get on with our own life. That's what both people need to do. It's our responsibility to meet our own needs and wants, our own negotiables and non-negotiables. Remember, I've shown this in many of my other videos. What a true relationship is, is two people who make deposit into a shared space when it works for each individual. There isn't the demand that just because I need and want it today, you have to give it to me. That's codependence. It's wonderful. True love, true relationship and intimacy is what both do it when it works for us, but not out of obligation or threat or anything else. So to focus on our side of the street, the solution is the three guys get off their back, quit riding them, quit paying attention to them, get out of their way, let them live the life they want. Number three, get on with their own life. It's time for us to go live our life. Instead of being the guard, walking the prison walls, looking down, watching everything they do, turn attention outside the walls. That's our life. And we're giving up our life is become the armed guard of theirs saying, don't do that. Don't do this. Get in your cell now. Be this way. Be that way. Oh, can't go in the yard. Can't go play basketball in the yard. No, you're in, in solitary right now. That's, that's what we're doing. Get off their back. Get out of their way. Get on with their own life. Focus outside of the prison. Okay. The second reason is needs and wants aren't expressed. This is common because we're all codependent. We expect three things, mind reading. Well, they should just know. Like this is one single in every couple. I'm always, one of them is always feels like the other person should read their mind. They should just know I like this. All women like this. All men like this. Men, all men don't do that. She should know that. No, she shouldn't. No, he shouldn't. It is not their job to read our mind. It's our job to express our needs and wants repeatedly. I have one client that she just loves for her husband to ask her about her day. Every day he comes home, her need and want. And she expects my reading. She says, well, I've told him we've been married for years. I'm like, yes, but remember the gets of Alan. He lives his life differently. It's not what he's thinking. It doesn't mean he doesn't love you. He gets to live his life his way, but it's your need and want. It's not his. And so it's your responsibility to not demand that he read your mind, but to ask for your need and want. Every day he comes in, hey, honey, how are you? Do you have a couple minutes where I can share about my day? That's what's happening. We stop expressing our needs and wants. We demand mind reading, and then we get the silent treatment. Those are the two things that come up, is we shut off 
The remember in the beginning how we couldn't stop talking, how we spent every waking minute and opened our souls to everything? We just wouldn't let the other person breathe because we were sharing so much of ourselves. Well, you feel like now I've shared it all. You should know it. Read my mind. Give me what I want. If you don't, I'll give you the silent treatment so I can control you and make you feel bad. That's what's biting everybody. That's the second thing that's biting people is we have stopped expressing our needs and wants. And so the solution to that is to get vulnerable again. Open up. Start sharing your feelings. Start having deep talks. And this is what I suggest my clients do. I ask them every morning to share three things with their partner that they love about them. Three things. And it's, but when you have kids, this is really powerful. Because say, I don't know, say the wife stays at home, uh, the husband works. Imagine him upstairs shaving, you know, kind of showering or getting ready, putting his clothes on, and he screams out the door, Honey, I love how you make the kids breakfast every morning. Do you think that might make her feel a little bit better? What do you think the impact would be on the kids? Right? And then you could pick something else about her character, about the way she looks, and vice versa. She can scream back, and I love how hard you work for all of us, so I can make the kids breakfast in the morning. Now, could you imagine the impact on your children? Do you see what they're learning? They're learning how to openly love and affirm. Well, what do you think they're going to do in that relationship? Because kids just become their parents. All right, and not complete, but their love is based on that. So share three things you you like or love about your partner, about their personality, about their looks, about their character, about their hobbies, air, you know, their politics, their religion, any, you know, sexually, whatever it is, all across life's spectrums. Three things that you love about like and like and or love about your partner start each day with that. The next thing is, end each day with this, sharing one feed from your day. Now, if your relationship is in trouble, then I always you know, tell my clients that they need to ask for a boundary. Look, I'm going to share this feeling, but I ask that there be no feedback. Because remember, if both sides are you know, walking the prison wall, paying too much attention to the other person, as soon as they share their feelings, the other one's going, well, you shouldn't feel that way. You do this, right? Because they're the armed guard taking shots going, don't live your life that way. They're on their back. They won't get out of their way. They're demanding all that. And they're going to just boss you around and say how stupid and, you know, critique it. Well, to repair the relationship, we have to do the opposite. Just listen. Just hear. And here's the secret. Don't listen to their story. Listen to their emotions. Listen to how the emotion of the story is affecting them. So it may be something like this. You know, maybe um, the husband comes home and, and the wife, you know, they're talking that night. And she goes, you know, I felt incredibly frustrated today. No matter what I did, I couldn't get Joey down for a nap. And I needed that time. I needed a break. And the husband's reply would be, wow, that sounds really frustrating. It sounds really sad. Are there any other feelings you might like to share? That's how you would share. That's how you would respond back. You don't go, so what'd you do? Why didn't you try this? You acknowledge their feelings and ask, are there any more feelings along with it? 
if it's so rough right now that you can't even support somebody in empathy like that, then all you would say is, thanks for sharing. That's it. Thanks for sharing. I really appreciate it. All right. So three things in the morning that you like, like, or love about your partner to start learning to reconnect. Okay. I'd also add in there that you make one request of your partner each day. Learn to ask for your needs and once again, learn that something simple. Would you be willing to do this and accept their no? Even if they say no, they won't do it. It's just learning to ask and learning to hear the no. Okay? So those would be the three things. Share what you, um, what you like or love about them in the morning. Make one request from them and accept their no, celebrate it. Oh, thanks for saying no. I appreciate you taking care of both of us by saying no. And then finally, share one feeling in the evening from your day. And if the relationship is in a lot of trouble, you, you can go ahead and put the boundary of, you know, I'd, I'd rather not have any feedback on this. Okay. Now the third thing is, is their hidden resentments. This is, this comes from a combination of not expressing our needs and wants. We start shutting down. We stop being vulnerable. And then we become the prison garden walking around. We're all in their life. We're on their back. We're in their way and we're out of our own life. And so now we're hyper-focused on them. And in doing so, we start to get usually manipulative and controlling. And one of the best ways we do that is we will say yes to things we want to say no to. This is the what this is probably the single greatest reason relationships end. Is we've all been taught that you can't say no to your partner, that you have to do everything for them. You gotta have my back at all times, right? Those kinds of sentiments. Well, that's just not true. It's just not true. We can't have our partner. I mean, I've used this example before of okay, if you believe that your partner should always support you and always be there for you. If that's your belief, and because that's uh, this is I run into clients and no, that's what love is. It's not. That's abuse, and I'm going to prove it to you. So if this is what you're stuck in of that hardcore belief that they, my partner has to support me no matter what. Well, let me ask you this: What if your partner came home and said, "You know, I'm just a little bored in our relationship. I think I want to spice it up." And so what I've decided is every Wednesday night, um, right after dinner. Um, 7.30, I'm going to hop in my car and I'm going to drive around and I'm going to find somebody to kill. You know, I just need something like that. You know, I want to see if I can get away with it and just the thrill and the adventure of it. It's an absurd example, but it brings home the truth. That's generally what everyone places the other person in is you got to support me no matter what. Well, sometimes our partner does despicable things, obviously not to that level. It says things that are terrible, does things. Sometimes our morals and values don't line up. What about politics? Lots of couples disagree politically. So are you supposed to switch your political affiliation to theirs and vice versa? Well, now you're both on the other side. I thought you're, we're individuals. We get to have our own morals and values, our own needs and wants. What we need to learn to do is accept our partner has different ones and it's Okay. Okay. And so what happens is when these frictions start to come up, what you'll see in a relationship is almost always, and, and if you've been divorced, ask yourself this. When the divorce happened, 
Did you go around saying to everyone, I did this for him and this for him and this for him and he'd never do this? Or men, I worked for her, I paid for this, I did all this stuff and all she ever did was this, right? Both sides talk about how they were the hero and did more for the other person and the other person never acknowledged it or appreciated it. Well, that's the proof. All of these things we did, we were doing them to manipulate. And the proof of it is you kept score. And now you're throwing it in their face. Now you have hidden resentment because they didn't give you something in return. It was manipulative. And these are the hidden resentments. So look through your relationship. Where are you telling your friends or telling yourself, I've been doing this, 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 and this, and, and they won't even give me this. Well, that tells me all of these things that you're doing, you don't want to do. And you're using them to manipulate out this. So what's the solution? How do you stop doing this? Here's the, here it is. You ask yourself three questions before you ever say yes. Before you do something for anybody else, you ask yourself these three questions. Will I ever keep score? Will I ever bring it up in the future that I did it? Or will I be left with resentment if I did it? If you think any of those will happen, you must say no. That's love. That's kindness. That's love. And if you're not doing that, if you're not asking yourself those three magic questions and you're feeling resentment, how you've done all these great things for them, that's not their responsibility. Remember what the first step in this process was is own our side of the street. Well, you need to own, we all do, oh my God, I've been manipulating them. I'm demanding these things from them and it's not their job and I'm keeping score. I didn't do them freely. I did them to manipulate them so I could get this over here. <gasps> wow. Maybe my role is the prison guard shooting down at them. Maybe we're actually the same. Oops. Own your side of the street. Start saying no. No is the most loving word in, the, in a relationship. Because do you see, if I ask my partner, will you do this? And they say no. Do you see what I'd never have to deal with? Them throwing it in my face. Them keeping score or them having resentment and then taking out against me through the silent treatment, not asking for their needs and wants all the way they, they withdraw. That's why no is so much more loving than yes. And that's why we can't support them all the time. It's not support. Saying no is support. It is love. The answer's in the opposite than everything we've ever been taught in movies and all of it. Stop believing that your partner is supposed to give you the world. It's not true. And recognize that if you're saying yes to things you want to say no to, you're, you're the problem, not them. They, they aren't to blame for that. And so own your side of the street. Remember, get off their back, get out of their way, get on with your own life. This would be the piece. Oh my God, I need to get on with my own life. I need to go heal this. I need to look at how I'm setting up my own resentment and I'm getting them to carry the load. Ooh. Okay. Other hidden resentments that pop up is when we first met them, we minimized or ignored certain aspects. Every relationship I've ever coached or counseled anybody in, they will always tell me when they first met this person, they saw these signs that are now prevalent. They minimized them. 
They ignored them. And a lot of them thought they could change them. Remember the three gets. Remember the first step. We have to own our side of the street. That's not their fault. It's not their fault. that Because I've said this repeatedly. The first day we meet somebody, they tell us everything about them. It's all right there. And we ignore it. I've seen it on dating profiles. I've had couples, you know, dating profile, um, you know, and I see this a lot, that I'm going to ruin your life. (laughs) They're not lying, people. They're going to ruin your life. Like, these aren't jokes. You know, people will pass it off as sarcasm or a joke. It's not a joke. When someone says something like that, you know, on your first date, and they make those little comments, what little comments did your partner make? And you're going, oh, my God, they've done it. Now, see, this is, again, this doesn't make our partner the problem. They told us who they were. We minimized it. We didn't listen to it. We thought we could change it. That's about us. And so the resentment we have is resentment for ourselves. That's the final piece. Is the person we're really resenting right now isn't them. It's us. Because do you see in all the trouble in the relationship, there's always an aspect that boomerangs back against us. And so, because we're not facing how we're not saying no, we're not facing how we're codependent and demanding they change, we're not facing how we minimized and ignored that they told us the truth of exactly who they are, we're not facing that we're withholding our needs and wants, and all these manipulations, we're actually incredibly resentful with ourselves. Because these are all the perfect imperfections we're bringing into the relationship, and we don't want to admit them. And so we're pointing the finger at them. Now, I'm not saying they're not doing them. I'm sure they are. Like, I want to validate that. I'm sure they are. But do you see now? So are we. And so, again, remember the number one solution? Who can we control? Us. And so the solution to a troubled relationship is what we've done is two people, through these things I just laid out, have created a manipulative dynamic that won't work. And so they're caught in this dance. They're moving like this. It's a rhythm. One does, you know, they, they, you know, it's this dual manipulation, dual imperfection. And, you know, they have the little high periods and then they go right back to the low periods. And so they just keep circling like this. And so remember what the third get of the three gets of Al-Anon was? Remember what it was? Get on with our own life. And so do you see that the only way to end the trouble in the relationship is for one person to take themselves out of the dance? Because now this person, do you see what they have to do? What do they have to focus on? If if they can't point the finger at you because you're no longer in the dance, who do they have to look at? Themselves. So what do you have? You have two people that are now focused in the right place. They have gotten off each other's back, they've gotten out of each other's way, and they've gotten on with their own life. They're now working on themselves, and that's what saves the relationship, right there. So, you may feel hurt by your partner and feel like what they've done is more hurtful than yours. And I don't want to minimize that. And it may, it may honestly be true. 
most people that'll watch stuff like this, I would say, you know, they may have been so-called hurt more. But you've played a part in it. And you can't run from that. And so go through this, watch this video several times. And really focus on how you're playing a part on it, part in it. And get on with your own life. Go become an expert in healing these dynamics in yourself. How you're not saying no. How you're not being vulnerable. How you're being hyper-vigilant about them. How you're manipulating them with your yes. How you minimized and ignored who they really were. Go heal that. The codependent nature within you. Take yourself out of the dance. That's the only chance you have at saving this relationship. And that's what I want for you. And, and the other thing that can happen is, that will happen, if you choose to do this, and it has for every single client I've ever worked with, when one chose to take themselves out of the dance and do that work, whether the person stayed or left, they were perfectly okay. Because right now you're in no man's land or no woman's land. You're afraid of them leaving. You don't want to be left alone. Well, as soon as you go do the work, all of that leaves. You're perfectly okay because you're now in reality of how this relationship isn't working. And the only way it can work is if you do the things I talked about. And if they're not willing to do it, you're like, well, no big deal. Now I can go find somebody else. The bottom line is this. You have peace. You have resolution. You have safety. You have strength. You have power. All the things you're lacking in your, in your life and your relationship now. The only way to get all of that back is to go become an expert. To get off their back get out of their way, and get on with your own life.